everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by today's Devo writer, Rebecca Abara. True pleasure to be here, Emma. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you. And you are a member here at Watermark, as are all the Devo writers. And we actually just met for the first time today. And I've been so encouraged hearing about your story and where you serve. And so I would love it if you'd just share when you came to Watermark and where you're plugged in serving now. Oh, definitely. So I've been hanging around the halls of Watermark Community Church since 2009. And the reason why I got here is really kind of this funky story where my life looked like a really bad Hallmark movie in 2009. Okay. Yes. So I was recently divorced, raising two kiddos, dealing with the repercussions of drug and alcohol abuse, living with a man who was not my husband when I found myself unemployed, uninsured, and unexpectedly pregnant. Wow. Yeah. I was pointed to a local pregnancy resource center where then they pointed me to Jesus and pointed me to this church where I've been ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. And so now God has been so good to where I get to turn around and serve with women who are in the same shoes I was once walking in, unexpected pregnancy and also dealing with past abortion. So I serve with a ministry called Worth More. We help women feel freedom in Christ from having had an abortion. That's amazing. Yeah. And y'all just kicked off this past fall? We did. So feet on the ground, running after the Lord, and uh, yeah, fresh start, just got started. Uh, Excited about this new ministry here at Watermark. That's awesome. And today, we are in Matthew 28. That's right. That was your chapter. What do you have to share with us? Oh, man, there's so much. But to condense it down, I would just say Matthew 28 contains this nugget where it gears Christians up for discipleship. So Jesus has died We're coming on the scene and Jesus has died. Man, it's a bleak moment. Yeah. But Luke 17, 25 says, it was necessary that he suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So yes, he's died, but he's also risen. And I see two responses to a risen Christ in the beginning of this chapter. So the first response is from the women who encountered their risen king. They worship him. And then... They run to tell others about Jesus. Just like somebody ran to you to tell you about Jesus. Exactly. In your story. So relatable, for sure. The, the soldiers and the chief priests or the Jewish leaders of that day, their response is unbelief. And just as a side note, can we just point out the obvious here? Like if the soldiers were asleep, then how would they have known who had stolen the body, right? Yeah. Or how the stone was moved. Exactly. Common sense did not play into this false narrative. And honestly, isn't that always the case when sin is afoot? Okay, so we see those those two groups, the women and the soldiers, in the first half of the chapter. But what about the second half? That's the Great Commission. That's probably what Matthew 28 is most famous for. What do we see in that section? Yes, so we read that Jesus has been given all authority in verse 18. I have an army background. No way. I do, yes. Enlisted soldier all the way when I was 17, no less. Wow. Parents signed a waiver for me to join the military. It's crazy. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. But I love this picture of seeing Jesus as like a five-star general, like he's the top dog. And his disciples are like the enlisted soldiers. So he's going to give his final marching orders to them. 
And I would just say, like, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you're a disciple too. Like, this passage is applicable to you as well. In the devotion I wrote, it outlines how to go and make a disciple. I would just like to address that maybe you're listening and thinking, I am totally not there yet. Like, I need to be discipled. So here's how to get started. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God's Word, the Bible, transform you. Okay, so what does that look like, practically? Sure. So you need to picture it like this. In order for hot water to become a cup of tea, do you just dunk a tea bag in it for a few seconds? No. Not at all. You let it steep, right? Yes. The same is true for the Word of God. If we cherry-pick the verses and then think that that will have some sort of positive effect on our lives, it might for half a second, and then we move on with our day. But what if instead we decide to steep the Word of God over our lives? And this is the sweet spot that I call it, where God has the power to transform our hearts, our minds, and our actions, where we start to look more like our Maker and less like ourselves. John the Baptist, man, I get fired up. He says in John 3.30, and it's a verse I totally love, he says this, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. That's so good. But sometimes we know that in our heads, but the reality is there are days when we're, we're all in, we're so excited about following Jesus, getting in His Word, and then there are other days where we just don't feel like it. Maybe we're wrestling with doubt. How do you see that play out in in this chapter, in Matthew? Oh, I mean, easily we see that in the bottom portion of the chapter. We see where the disciples even wrestle with doubt themselves. So I love how Matthew has a sweet way of being honest and that when some of the disciples encountered Jesus, some believed, but some easily doubted too at the same time. And I have to say, I've had my moments of doubt. I bet you have too. Oh, yeah. Yes. All of us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when God called me a few years ago to start sharing my testimony, I wrestled with that, asking God, like, hey, do you have the right girl for the right mission? Like, Mm -hmm. I felt completely disqualified. I just felt like, man, my story would hold me back, but it's actually the one thing that He wanted me to tell people. So I would just encourage people, don't let fear outshadow your courage. Also— God says this really beautiful thing in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, and He says, He who calls you is faithful, He will do it. And I think that's encouragement for all of us that like, if we just say yes, then He is willing to use us, right? God mm-hmm. will do it. It's, it's not our own power. Yeah, I loved earlier you said, God has the power to transform our hearts and our minds and our actions. And when we zoom in on that action piece, there's this, there's this reality that while we don't change people's hearts, God invites us to be a part of the process of someone meeting Him to have their heart changed. Yes. How do you see that in this chapter? Well, I see it like this, that Matthew is really great at pointing out and saying, hey, we are normal human beings that were chosen to do great things mm-hmm. like make disciples. Normal human beings like you and me. Average. Yes, totally. There's this message that John Piper gave at the Passion Conference 
that has so resonated with my life. And it's a message about not wasting your life. Hmm. And he says this quote, you don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in the world, but you do have to know the few great things that matter and then be willing to live and die for them. And that message resonated with me because I feel like making disciples and sharing the gospel is how you don't waste your life. So good. Yeah. The few great things that he's pointing out in that quote is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I would just like to wrap up by saying like Acts 13.36 is an anthem of my life. And it says this, for David, after serving God's purpose in this generation, fell asleep, or rather, he died. And the author of Acts could have said any number of things about David's life. I mean, the man was like a living, breathing hero of that yeah, time. The legend. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A man after God's own heart. Right? right. That's what we know him as. Yeah. But simply, he just says that God was served by David during his lifetime. And I feel like that if the goal in life is to be more like Jesus, then let's follow Jesus' example. Let's share the gospel and make disciples. Tell people about him. Exactly. So good. Rebecca, thank you for sharing with us, inviting us into your story. I wish we had more time, but I'm so glad we're on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.